The state of Michigan is deciding that citizens that bring unsubstantiated lawsuits will be punished. Maybe she doesn't know the function of a court in a lawsuit? I don't know. Probably not. Senator Ed McBroom tells Charlie LaDuff that the election was all good. Also, the election is super vulnerable, and uh, we need to do a lot of things about it. A BLM activist cries about being called out by her neighbor in Allendale. And Detroit mayor will fine landlords for not doing their jobs. I wonder when his fine is coming. All this is discussed today. I'm Anon Don, and this is the Holmes Politicast. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. There we go. I managed to get it out. Okay. So, now, we all know that the most dangerous thing to our republic is the ability to speak freely. Yes, that is right. If you use your ability to speak freely, you are endangering everybody else's freedoms. That is the most deadly thing that we can do. And uh, Joe Biden's going to do something about it. Well, actually, Kamala Harris, as uh, as listener Corvo Blanco pointed out, uh, Kamala Harris is probably the one doing it. But it is Joe Biden's administration <clears throat> that is uh, going to be cracking down on free speech. They're going to be taking over Facebook and Twitter's job and uh, putting censors on anything that does not agree with the settled science. So, uh, Dana Nessel, of course, is taking a leaf out of their book. Dana Nessel wants all of the attorneys that came into Michigan and made arguments for Donald Trump to be disbarred. Um, because, of course, as we know, free speech is a very dangerous thing. Let us, ooh, excuse me, let us hear from Attorney General Dana Nessel as to why these people should be so utterly and without prejudice disbarred. The one place that we know that people can be held accountable, which is in our courts of law, that we make every effort to make sure that that is actually done. And I will say in um, my many decades of practice, in front of some of these same judges, including Judge Parker, I have never in my career ever seen uh, pleadings of this sort that were so baseless and inaccurate and unsupported by facts or law. And, you know, unless these attorneys are really held accountable when I say that, I don't mean just fined. I don't mean just sanctioned. I don't mean just having to pay the expenses or the attorney's fees of their opposing party. I mean, these attorneys have to be disbarred because otherwise they're making so much money off of these cases there's really no incentive for them to stop doing exactly what they're doing right now. So they have to be penalized in a way where they're actually losing their law license so that never again can they enter a court of law and make these type of unsupported and frankly dangerous claims. So you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, The claims being made are dangerous. Now, see, I thought that in America... What we did is uh, we we brought things before a judge, and then the judge decided uh, what was the truth, what was lies, what was unsubstantiated, what was substantiated. And the fact that people are... So, 
I, I don't disagree with Dana Nessel that people need to stop being able to make money off lies. Where I'm skeptical is she wants to stop conservatives. She wants to stop people on the other side from doing this. But she has no compunction about doing this on her own, with her own party. Um, if this was Democrats bringing lawsuits into courts uh, about, you know, crazy crazy conspiracy theories involving elections and unsubstanti- making unsubstantiated claims... She would have nothing to say. I know this because she's had nothing to say about all the Democrats doing this from 2016. She's said nothing about anybody that has brought ridiculous things into courts. But all of a sudden, in 2020, she cares a super ton about everybody only telling the truth in court. Nobody's ever been allowed to lie in court. No judge is ever allowed to make a decision about you know who's lying and who's telling the truth because... Attorney General Dana Nessel is going to do it for us. That's the kind of uh, that's the kind of good stuff we get from our government. <clears throat> I'm so excited, and of course MSNBC um, cheering her on like a bunch of clapping seals. They just have they have nothing to push back on about her on that, obviously because she posted the clip. Um, so that's just it. It it falls into this this category of uh, the government should not be deciding who gets to make arguments in a court. Um, I mean, number one, the, the, the idea that somebody has to be uh, licensed to be a lawyer is ridiculous. We are a nation of laws and anybody should be able to utilize those laws to defend themselves. So disbarring them should actually not stop them from making these arguments. But I believe in Michigan you do have to be a lawyer to be making arguments in a court of law. Which, well, it's ridiculous, but it's the law. And uh, Dana Nessel wants to take that away from, I would assume, people like Lynn Wood, um, Rudy Giuliani. People that came in and made uh, claims that were unsubstantiated. And... uh, Again, like I said, I, I don't like the claims. I don't like that uh, so many people were duped, but that's why we have courts. That's why we have a system of law to parse out who's telling the truth and who's lying. We now know who was telling the truth and who was lying. Um, and, you know, going along with that, actually, we had Senator Ed McBroom uh, was the one doing the investigations here in Michigan. Um Charlie LaDuff, in true libertarian fashion, in true independent fashion, uh, tried to get all the Republicans on his side by going through a checklist of things that conservatives like to make them trust Senator Ed McBroom. Real deal, man. This guy is the chairman of the Senate Oversight Committee. He's a a cattleman. Mm-hmm. He lives in the UP. Mm-hmm. He's the head of the... Keep that on. The beat? Yeah. I believe, we'll ask him, he heads the church choir. <laughs> oh, I man. The guy voted he heads for Trump the church twice, choir. But you know what he did? Voted he for did Trump his twice. job, folks. Oh, and he so, did his job. Just late last month, he his committee issued a 56-page 
eight-month investigation into allegations of fraud in the election. And you know what they found? Butt kiss. And now he's getting death. How was that received? And now he's getting death. This is unbelievable. You doing that, an idiot, man. Stop it. You asked you asked Ed and I to take a look for you. We did. What do you want? Okay. So we're going to have Ed on. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the Auditor General of Michigan. Let me Mid- see if I can find where he actually... On a motorcycle riding breakfast with Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. LG deployments. Flint. Start talking sure. to Ed. You are a cattleman. Okay. Here we go. Checklist. This is this Boom. is this is this is all, all right. it takes Without to convince further delay, conservatives Senator to Ed McBroom, Republican from Vulcan. Where the where the hell is Vulcan, bro? It's about halfway between Escanaba and Iron Mountain, hundred miles north of Green Bay. Uh where's that? <laughs> wait, that's part of the state? <laughs> so let's wait before we do anything, let's see. You're no that's for sure. You are a cattleman, correct? I have a dairy farmer, yes. Yeah, uh, do you deliver your own calves? Yes. You deliver your own calves. Do you who he delivers his own conduct calves. the church choir? I I do direct the church choir who and does music on Sundays, yes. Church wow. choir. Oh man. Oh, that's pretty cool. Look at this guy. Oh my gosh. Um Oh my gosh, the independent is what just you do like, for a living. Oh, what what did you oh, want to do when you get out of college? Dream. I wanted to dairy farm and teach band. He wanted to teach hmm. band. Look at this guy. I'm gonna teach um, band. Why am I not? So a that's a farmhouse. I can tell by those curtains back there. So you're, 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 do you have brown shoes? He has brown, he has brown cowboy, cowboy boots. 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 He doesn't have brown shoes. So he's not a hipster. Do you have a silk <laughs> suit? No. <laughs> so he's not no. that kind of minister. Oh, he doesn't have a silk suit. So either. no silk suit, okay. no brown shoes. Just this a hardworking definitely... American guy lives in the rural part of the world, right? That's how it seems to me. Pro life? Yes. Um, do you work on Sundays uh, on the farm and, you know, but I've got 13 kids to take care of. So what? it's always work every day. 13. Wow. See that? Look at this guy. Ooh-wee. Do you track cow I mean, across your carpet? Absolutely not. You wash the boots before you leave the barn. <laughs> All right. So that's enough of that. Charlie LaDuff, uh, just trying to pander to Republicans, apparently. No, I like Charlie. I, I think he does pretty good reporting, and I like the fact that he quit uh, Fox. I like the fact that he's got the NB, NBN, no bullcrap news hour. Um, I like what he's doing, but Charlie, this is ridiculous. Come on, dude. If you want to convince conservatives, what you need to do is... Well, well not that. <laughs> not pander to them. All right, I mean... Ask him what what pro life uh, bills he's sponsored, what pro life bills he's voted on, what he's done actually for the pro life movement, because that really is the the bar, the standard. Um, if a politician is not willing to either push legislation or vote on legislation for pro life advocacy, then they aren't they aren't our candidates. They aren't willing to stand up to the media, they aren't willing to do anything about um, the radical left. I mean, it, it is always the people that say they're pro-life, but also they're not going to impose on a woman that are going to fold at the first sign of trouble. <clears throat> now, all this to say, not that 
Senator Ed McMroom is folding to Democrats. I believe he really did do an investigation. I really do believe that he found very little evidence that the election was stolen. Um, that's not something that I've been pushing particularly hard. I've been keeping people updated on what you know people like Matthew DiPerno are saying. Um, and, you know, also, I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of the, the claims that the election was stolen. <clears throat> um, I mean, it, for those listeners that do think it is, it, it really was, but it wasn't stolen by, at the ballot box. It was stolen by the media. The media have decided that they are totally in bed with Democrats. They're going to fight the Democrats' fights. And so they suppressed information. Um, they did everything they could to make everybody that was possible hate Donald Trump. So, uh, I mean, even my even my uncle, um, my Democrat uncle, like I asked him why he hated Trump. He he even admitted, like, yeah, maybe the media had something to do with me hating him so much. But he's gone now, so it doesn't matter. Um, but Charlie, the, like, find something that he's done that conservatives can really trust him about. Don't just ask, oh, pro-life? Oh, look at that, he's pro-life. Oh, my goodness. Um, that really doesn't do it for us. Uh, maybe I'll look into whether or not he's voted on anything or pushed, put through any legislation. Maybe, uh, I'd love to have uh, Senator McBroom on uh, talking about what he's done, um, talking about this 52-page this report that he's got. The real, the real clincher for me in here is, oh no, we didn't find any evidence of fraud. We didn't find any um, evidence that ballots were manipulated, but we found a bunch of vulnerable areas. So uh, let's listen to that. There on the other side that said, hey, eight months, you found nothing. What a waste of time. Uh, this wasn't <laughs> necessary. Uh, now, with hindsight, what's your response to that? Do you, do you feel like well, it was a little bit of waste of time, or do you feel like you uncovered no. stuff? Okay, No, because for two reasons. Maybe. One, we absolutely were able to get a lot of answers to a lot of good people's questions, a lot of good people who went back to work on J November 4th and said, what the heck is all this going on? Somebody please look into it and you tell me whether heck. or not this bad things happen. Did you just say and heck? two, it wasn't a waste of time because we didn't not find anything. We found lots of things, lots of problems, lots of reforms that we need to do, lots of mistakes and, and bad behavior that need to be addressed and corrected for the future, or we'll end up in the same mess again. Yeah, and so, these lunatics need to leave productive. you alone. Leave and them alone. In so many districts, we keep having same conversation election cycle after election cycle. Yeah. You're in, you know, inconsistencies. You're, you know, maybe not necessarily improprieties, but, you know, a flawed system that gives way to allow it to appear as though or allow for potential fraudulent behavior. Why don't we have a system in 2021 consistently and across the board that minimizes, um, I hate to use the word mistakes, but I guess enhances accuracy. You know, I mean, what's the, what's the holdup? What's we'll the problem? Ed's well, I would first this, say and then we'll talk the system about it itself bit. is exceptionally accurate. I mean, it really is mm -hmm. when it just comes to the machinery, the mechanics that yep. are counting our ballots. It's very accurate. It has a lot more to do with the processes of how we handle the information and how we handle um, access to the actual ballot that leads to a lot more of the confusion. And so it's 
eliminating dead people from the rolls. It's it's who's got that job. And is there a more efficient way to eliminate those people from the rolls in the first place? And our committee says, yes, there is. And you should have the county clerks doing that. Because we've heard we've heard that from counties. We've heard it across the right. board. I mean, it doesn't seem to be that difficult, but, you know, certainly after election after election and we keep hearing the same conversation. Sure. Here, let from- me let me explain that, though, Karen. Let me let me explain where it really does go wrong. Like Detroit's always out of whack. Right. right. There's more votes than voters. Here's how it works. It's that scanning thing. Imagine. Remember the big toilet paper run at the beginning yeah. of COVID? Yeah. OK, <clears throat> so again, they go back to dead people on the voter rolls. Um, not again, all I want, I would love some, some images of ballots. Like once the ballots are into piles, we have no way of knowing which one came from real people, which one came from, or which one came from what envelope. Um, we have no way of knowing which ballot is whose. We should be able to look at a stack of ballots and make sure that none of them were, you know, manufactured. Obviously, Senator Big Broom probably would have found hundreds of thousands of manufactured ballots, but why doesn't he mention that one? I mean, that's the biggest one. They they moved from the the uh, what do you call it? They moved on from the um, oh my goodness, I can't think of. The argument there. Oh, the the modems. They moved on from the modems very quickly to well, we've got no images of these ballots. Uh, Secretary of State was, or the sec, was it the secretary? Yeah, Secretary of State was ordering that these counties uh, turn off their ballot imaging um, technology on the on the scanners, so it wasn't taking pictures of ballots. So we don't have pictures of ballots. That's what Matthew DePerno is talking about right now. Is we have no images of any ballots. Um, and again, I don't think that that's, that that's necessarily going to flip the election. I don't think there was enough fraud in the election to flip it, but that's something that I'm more concerned about than a dead person being on the roll. I'm more concerned about than, well, I don't, I don't, you know what? Here's my solution. I think it's a great solution and I'm just going to lay it out for you. The listener. Okay. What if we had one day where everybody goes and they cast their ballot? We'll call it election day. Right? And then after everybody goes and they cast their ballots, then we count them. And then we could have election day, not election season. And it would be so much less open to fraud. You got one day. To do all your ballot stuff, you can get one day to get hundreds of thousands of ballots. That's not going to happen. Nobody can do that in one day. And that's the best way to secure our elections. In fact, that's the way our founding fathers actually uh, set it up to work. So let's use that system rather than the stupid system where everybody and their mother gets to vote from their couch without any identification without any uh without any accountability for where that ballot has been um i mean we allow people to go door to door and pick up ballots for people 
like there's just too much fraud that is possible in our current system and I don't like it. Let's have election day, not election season. All right. With that, we are moving on from the stupid election because I'm so tired of talking about it. And <clears throat> oh, dismiss that. I don't want that. So, a mixed race couple faces harassment in Allendale. These people, oh my goodness, they are just being so put upon because they're just a mixed race couple and that's the only reason that anybody would ever uh, have any ire toward them at all. Okay. And Let's Michigan has seen a big uptick in race-related harassment, according to our state's oh, anti-defamation league. A situation that one family big in West Michigan in says forced them out of their home. Harassment. Michael Martin explains. For the Miller family, Jessica Griffin, her husband, Anthony Miller, and their three kids. You ready to go swimming? Walker Community Park has become a home away from home, a place of respite, particularly over several months last summer when they say they faced harassment from their neighbor at an Allendale Township mobile home park. If we didn't have it on video, nobody would believe us. The Millers say You're this surveillance right. video from July 10th last year shows their neighbor physically confronting Anthony as he walked across a parking lot near their home. He just flipped out. Um, like all out flipped out, started screaming and yelling and us a bunch of liberals and it just it kind of went sideways yeah, and it much. <laughs> typically happened when Tony was home um, more often than not and then it just it escalated from there. She says their neighbor began calling the family derogatory names online and even posted their address on social media. I think. Okay. Mm um yeah that's that's unnecessary it got worse too I don't support he, that um, found out that we were um, organizing most of the rallies in in Allendale um, in with the statue and Ryan Kelly okay so it escalated when he found out that they were trying to organize to remove statues Right. In um, the township board, um, I think that's when it, when it got worse. The couple has been involved in demonstrations against Allendale Township's Civil War statue. It just kept escalating and escalating to the point that we literally we had to move. The couple has filed multiple police reports against their neighbor, but he hasn't. <laughs> the gay pride flag. Look at that! Oh goodness, these people. <clears throat> been charged with anything related to the alleged incidents we okay so he hasn't been charged with anything but they're gonna go on the on the news here and smear him all over the place and turned over the keys on the that. first and i just told him i was like whatever's in there throw it away they say the park allowed them to opt out of their lease with no penalty fees because they felt unsafe in their home the regional director of Michigan's Anti-Defamation League says this sort of race-fueled harassment has grown in recent years. Okay, it obviously wasn't race-fueled harassment, though. Like, that's the thing. It was harassment. No reason to stick race in there. All right? It was harassment because they were liberals. He said that they're a bunch of liberals. He was screaming at them why it was harassment. And it wasn't because of race. It was because they were leftists it's because they're doing crazy things trying to destroy our country now 
I don't agree with how he handled it. But it's not racist. As with almost everything the media talks about. It's not really racist. They just throw it in there for convenience. Uh, it's, it's convenient for them to say that there's racism here because that will get the clicks. That's where you're going to get the story. I mean, I saw just a few days ago. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. Where is it? Um, let's see. Where the heck is it? There was a story. Ah, crap. Now I forgot what I was uh, looking for. Oh, there was a story about the Flint, Flint water thing. Oh, there it is. Okay. Flint residents proposed lead poisoning settlement too small. Racist. Just thrown in there casually. It's what they all do. They, they do it all the time. Everything has got to be some kind of racist or race-fueled tension. Like, yes, yeah, some things are. Some things are due to race, but very few and not anywhere near as many as our media is claiming. Every day there's a story about some racist thing that happened. And... Oh my gosh, it is just getting tiresome. This is why I don't like the media. This is why I tell you that, you know, they're always trying to sell you a narrative. And the narrative is that America is an awful, disgusting, racist place built on racism, supporting racism in all of their institutions. Critical race theory. That's That's the lens through which all of the media has been indoctrinated in their colleges I know. I go to colleges. I, I go to Grand Valley State University. I'm on their campus right now. And they teach this garbage that uh, America is is a horrible racist place. So I am very concerned let's about uh, increased incidents of all types of hate in Michigan. And we've seen an increase of white supremacy and white nationalism over the last several years. But it seemed to be fueled by... Um, not only BLM movements last summer, but also um, concerns and fear over COVID-19. No longer living in the park, the couple says they would have liked to see their neighbor face greater consequences for his actions. I mean, you have a white man harassing a black man and people that are part of the LGBTQI. A white man, a white man harassing a black man. How Dairy. This is obvious racism because one is white and the other is black. What a bunch of morons. Hold on just one second. I'm going to go and I get this lady's name. I'm going to try and follow her. What is her name? Yeah, I shouldn't do this in the middle of a show. I should keep things moving. But, uh, yeah. Is it this lady? 
gosh. Regional Director of Anti-Defamation League. Yep, that's the one. All right, so. Like to see their neighbor face greater consequences for his actions. I mean, you have a white man harassing a black man and people that are part of the LGBTQI community and nothing's being done. And when nothing's being done, that's giving him a platform and more motivation to do something. As for now, they say they feel much safer, but hope others still living in the area don't face the same kind of treatment. There's like a weight lifted off of us. You know, we can go outside. I can actually go outside and not have to look over my shoulder or feel any kind of tension. Michael Martin, Fox 17 News. All right. And Michael tells us the family is already fine. So, yeah, it's it's always racism all the time. It's never anything else. It can't be anything else because there was a white man and a black man. Now you know the rest of the story. Okay. So, the Detroit Free Press did this awesome article. Look at this article. Oh, my gosh. Detroit mayor to landlords with flooded basements. Do your part or face fines. There's 14 photos. So, I would imagine... Um, now landowners are being forced to clean up Detroit's mess. So for anybody that doesn't know or wasn't following, um, Detroit was flooded. Uh, Ladoff reported on this a couple weeks ago. Actually, you can go to... Um, no. Ah, oh, crap. I'm going to have to type it all out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's over here. Uh, sleep at the switch. So, um, he was saying it didn't flood because of the storm of the century. Um, as this actually, Mayor Dugan, <laughs> the one that says uh, clean it up or we're gonna fine you, has said it was the storm of the century according to Charlie the Duff. Uh, now, they've talked with... They talked with a meteorologist. They talked with uh, somebody on the Detroit... or Not on the Detroit. On Gross Point's uh, board. They actually have her on the show. Oh, no. Macomb County Public Works Commissioner. Uh, yeah. So... Oh, and he reported that uh, the the Fed, he's so Mayor Dugan is asking for cleanup money from the feds, um, while the feds are investigating him for abuse of the last round. So I forgot about that actually uh, when I was going to do this. So Mayor Dugan has already received cleanup money for. I don't know what it was for. I don't remember. Listen to the show or listen to the no, no BS news hour if you want to find out. But again, this guy has mismanaged every single dollar that's come under him. How is he still mayor of Detroit? Well, it's because the Detroit Free Press is awful. It is because they do not report negatively on Democrats. So here it is. 
um, all the pictures from the thing. They, they've got no, no uh, explanation. They've got you know nothing to report on from that meeting. They just took pictures and described them. Um, this was this was on July eighth. We should have a story by now. Um, like I want to know what Rashida Tlaib said. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. So. Because the Detroit Free Press cannot give an account of what happened there, or will not, uh, they're just going to give us a bunch of pictures, I'll, I'll do the hard work, guys. I will dive in here for you. I'm going to find out what Rashida Tlaib said, how ridiculous her claims are, because that's just the kind of guy I am. Actually, it's because I want to know, and I just share this stuff with you guys so that you can uh, be informed of as to what the heck is going on in Michigan. All right, so uh, a couple last things here. Might be a little bit shorter of a of a show today. I know I've been off for three weeks, and there's there's not a ton that's going on. But this is something. I mean, we've been covering this since last year. Michigan Supreme Court forces state board to certify petition drive. It's about time. Right? Right. All right. After the Michigan Supreme Court ruled last week that the Board of State Canvassers had a, quote, clear legal duty to certify the Unlocked Michigan petition, the board went ahead and obeyed the state's highest court on Tuesday morning. This move paves the way for final votes in the state legislature on a proposal to repeal the 1945 law Governor Gretchen Whitmer used to underpin her COVID-19 lockdowns. The measure is veto-proof. The Unlocked Michigan group exceeded the 3,400,000 signatures threshold. However, the Board of State canvassers deadlocked in certifying the petition in April along, oh, along party lines. Look at that. I wonder which party it was that was deadlocking that didn't want to approve this vote and give the power back to the people. I wonder which one it was. I'll let you guys speculate on that. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to withhold that information from you. All right. This is not the first time the Michigan Supreme Court has weighed in on pandemic powers. In October, it ruled that the same 1945 law, unconstitutional. Governor Whitmer used it as the basis to shut down schools, limit capacity limits in restaurants, and force mask wearing. Three days after this ruling, Whitmer ignored the state's highest court and instead and instead cited an obscure 1918 Spanish influenza law to carry out her same pandemic executive orders, this time through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. And that's the one that we've been living under for, oh, goodness knows, a year and a half now, the 1918 Spanish influenza law. So my excitement with this is, you know, it is finally being certified. Um, I I actually petitioned for this. I I uh, was out there gathering signatures. I don't know. I gathered maybe 50 or 60, maybe a little bit more than that. And uh, we we are now getting this law repealed. We, the people, banded together and we did something. All right. Now this, ooh, excuse me. This is something that Garrett Soldano is always talking about, is we, the people, 
retaining our power because the Constitution of the United States puts limits on our government and gives all of the power that is not given to the government to the people. Okay? Our Michigan Constitution does much the same thing. It limits the power of our state government and it gives the power of making laws to the people. So, Garrett Soldano is the one that started this petition. He is the one that has given power back to the people. In fact, he's the only candidate for governor that has taken power away from the government that has a proven track record of taking power away from the government and giving it to the people. He's the only one. All right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I would love any of our listeners, if you have somebody else, another candidate for governor that has successfully taken power away from the government and given it back to the people, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that kind of a politician, but we just don't have them. So, that is actually great news for uh, for our republic, for Michigan. This is great. I, I know that Garrett is coming up with another one, I think, to get rid of the 1918 law, the Spanish influenza law. Um, but there, he's having another petition drive. So get involved in that because, again, we the people need to do this. Our legislators will not. We have seen our Republican legislators just jellyfishing around spinelessly for the past, oh, I don't know, I've been around for 30 years, so about 30 years is how long I've seen it. They're not going to stand up for us. We have to stand up for ourselves. We need to make these arguments, and we need to make sure that the laws that we want on the books, the law, the, the power that we want the government to have, is the only power that they're having, and they're not taking more for themselves when they shouldn't be. All right. One last story. That was a good news story. Um, we got one more feel-good story for you. Uh, where is... This is one that my wife... Oh, guys, by the way, Anon Don is now a married man. Yeah, that's right. I am a married man. Uh, got the ring to prove it. Yeah, see that? See that? Yeah, you like that. Give you give you the finger. Um, no. So, my wife is crazy about goats. And, you know, I think I talked about this actually on uh, a couple Mondays last... No, not last Monday. I don't remember. The Monday that I got back from my honeymoon. Michigan Company... Uses goats from local ranch to clean up Riverside. So, let's check this out. One Michigan company has found a cleaner and greener way to landscape by using goats. TV5's Trevor Zahaki shows us how goatscaping is being used in Frankenmuth to clean up the Riverside. That sound is only attracting one animal. Goats. Goats and more goats. We call it um, goatscaping. Someone coined that for us, and we've just kind of taken it on. Doug Maurer and his family business, Twin Willow Ranch, drive their goats all over Michigan to clear brush. Their latest project, Star of the West Milling Company in Frankenmuth. And they're helping us to 
um, get the riverbank cleaned up from the noxious weeds so that we can plant some native plants in there and keep the riverbank healthy. The riverbank here at Star of the West is great for goats like Sweet Pea, too steep for bulldozers. It's right by the riverside, so you don't want to be spraying, you know, pesticides and chemicals and stuff like that. Um, the other advantage is they don't eat right to the ground, like to dirt, so you're not going to get erosion. Besides being environmentally friendly, the goats are people friendly. People have been coming to visit and, and our people in our office have been coming out to see them. I've brought my kids up at night, so it's really been a great opportunity to interact with them. Okay. That's all awesome. I love that goats are being used. I mean, it's it's got to be extremely inefficient and slow, but <laughs> it is super environmentally friendly and it prevents erosion. So, I mean, those are all good things. Um, I, I forgot one last piece of good news. Guys, guys, uh, Whitmer announced the first four sweepstakes winners. Uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting in sweepstakes winners. Yay. The, the sweepstakes that is for the, the experimental drug that everybody want so much because it's so beneficial and so good for you and you know I, I can't understand why you haven't gotten the stupid get the, get the vaccine and now if you do you can win $50,000 look at that look at that you get paid to be a lab rat wow all right so the the good news all the good news uh mother kills husband with boiling water after learning he sexually abuses her children that's funny uh the sweepstakes winners the goat scaping oh man the uh the Unlock Michigan petition. So much good news to end the show with. I am Anon Don. This is the Homes Politicast, guys. Make sure that you're liking videos, sharing, um, checking me out on Twitter, Twitch, um, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, keep keep this stuff going. Keep other people hearing cons real conservative opinions and uh, getting the news from not racist people. Again, I'm Anon Don, and this is the Homes Politicast. Thank you.